The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. Salim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, man. I know we talked about it in the past, and uh, I jokingly brought it up when you had your list of... uh, of guys that you so wanted with like some big names and I, and I jokingly said I'm not on the wish list uh, and then you finally like, yeah <laughs> let, let's get you on <laughs> oh hell yeah because you know you're one of my guys I had to get you on and you are a fellow podcaster you've got your own thing going on with the Bulls so talk about that how's that been going yeah so we, we uh, the podcast is called Bulls Gold doing it for like two years now it's been going really well like surprisingly like you know, when you start, you're just doing it for fun, and it's still all just for fun for the most part. And when we first started, I was like, okay, let's do this, right? My, my, the person that asked me, he had started, my co-host, uh, Edward Schuler Jr., he had started himself, and he had been about six episodes in. Um, and I know him from, this. there's this, I don't know if you know Real GM, so they have a really popular fan on the, they're a general like they're generally known as an NBA site where they have like collective of all like different Yahoo, ESPN, and stuff. And basically, they have a collected together where all the news and reports come out. And they have like NFL, NHL, and MLB sections too. But it's generally known as an uh, NBA web, uh, website. And on that site, they also have a really popular message boards. Like back in the day, Real GM was one of the most popular message boards where it was always, it was rumored that, you know, sometimes players went and read those message boards and it actually like, it came to fruition. Like we, people were actually find out, yeah, players go read those. And also like GMs, actual NBA executives to go on there to, just to get fan. Yeah, like kind of like the fan uh, perspective and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, I, that's a message board I've been, you know, posting on for over 10 years and two years ago, and I'm a moderator now on there and everything, but two years ago, he asked me, like, just from him knowing me on there, just the interactions we've had, um, and he asked me, hey, do you want to contribute? Because I originally just started out as a comp- contributor on the podcast, but it, literally after the first episode, I just became a co-host with him just because it clicked pretty well. Uh, so yeah, since then, for like two years, uh, he started like two years ago as well, and we've been we've been on a roll. That's cool. Yeah, I um, obviously I checked out your pod recently, and uh, I really like it. I like I, I I know you had Chris Black on it, which was cool. We both talked to him obviously and interacted with him a lot. But yeah, you know, one of the things. So I I uh, I didn't even expect to start a podcast. More on my side of things, it was just like oh, uh, it'd be cool to interview people in sports media or sports in general. And so it wasn't really like a podcast as much as it was just random interviews, but then I've made it more of a podcast. But one of the things that I've always been, well, more curious about lately is I'm trying to kind of jack up the production element of it. So like, I like how you, whether it was you guys or anyone else, really, they all have, you know, cool intro songs and things like that. And I'm like, man, where do people get their songs? Because I'm worried about like copyright and stuff like that. But I love like the uh, kind of the production element that you guys have, and a lot of a lot of different podcasts these days too. Yeah, yeah. My my like I said, my co-host uh, does the intro music and stuff. He's really he's really does the editing. Um, I do more of the side stuff. Like I, I try to 
just so I, I don't keep everything on him. I do like a lot of stuff where I try to reach out to people for guests and stuff like that and try to do little things like that to help out. But yeah, he does the editing. Um, that's, he kind of has a background in it. Um, he went to school for media, I think media studies and, uh, and journalism, I believe. So uh, he has a background in doing those little things like that. So yeah, he handles that. He puts in the music, intro, outro music and yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's all for fun, and I just my my goal, like the the whole goal from the beginning, like you was just to like talk to cool people in in sports, and we've had some decent, like really good guests, like people that obviously Chris Black was one of them. Um, we just did an episode that's going to drop actually in the next uh, either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, we had Stacy King. Uh, mm, so that was nice. uh, for the, he's the Bulls. I don't know if you know about him, but he's the Bulls uh, color commentator. So yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty big. It was really. It was really dope that you know he came on. We had a really good time. It was a good conversation. Uh, he told a funny MJ story. Uh, that but, uh, that interaction that he had with MJ. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's stuff. Some something you should listen to. But yeah, like I said, it's just about. It was just about for me. Like I love sports. I love the Bulls like I'm a huge NBA fan but I'm a huge Bulls fan as well so I just love talking about the Bulls so that's all I really you know this is another like a hobby for me essentially yeah that's really cool I I definitely relate in that sense too just because you know I have my other I've been a part of SB Nation's uh, the Canon which is the Blue Jackets site and we do their our podcast over there we've been doing that for the last year and we're already 82 episodes in which is crazy but I took over the editing for that as well. And, I, you know, I've started to get that appreciation for the details, the editing, the audio. I love, like, what Black and Abdallah do, for instance, as far as when I talked to them, I was picking their brain a lot and trying to get a good sense of kind of their, their role, not just what they do on the radio, but behind the scenes. So I think it's really cool making podcasts and putting together audio and things like that. So definitely really cool to see, you know, you've been having success on your end as well with that. Yeah, hundred percent. It's you know, it's we had a lot of people you know give us feedback on uh, after listening and stuff. Only like it's kind of it's 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 nice to hear, but it's also a little shocking when people say, "Oh, you are you're my best favorite pot, bull's pot." I'm like, "Oh, thanks. That's really awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that." But yeah, it's just like like I said, you know, it's just it's all in fun. It's all just it's all just for a good time. Have you had Gustavo on yet? No, haven't. We we want to. He is a big Bulls fan too, so I uh, just want to reach out to him, and I'm sure we'll try to get him on as well to you know give his perspective. Cause he's a big he's a he's a big uh, Bulls Twitter uh, follow too. So people people love following him for all the different updates, and he posts a lot of cool videos when people can go back, play back, and watch any replays and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know he's a big he was a big Vine guy, and so. Uh, you said the videos and things like that. And, you know, I, I became aware of him through Black because uh, there'd be some weird, obscure reference about a show that they did back in the day. And I'd be like, what is this? And he's like, oh, I'm sure Gustavo could find a video or a link. And 10 seconds later, there it is. You know, in general, I think it's just cool. The Black uh, Abdallah Hive, like you and Nick and so many different people that I interact with. We don't know each other in person, but I feel like I know you guys just through that. And it's just been really cool to, you know, interact and learn more about, you know, different guys and what you guys do and different podcasts. So it's really cool to be able to interact with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I consider you guys like my internet friends. It's kind of fun. It's funny, like I, I was joking with uh, someone in the past, like when you were a little kid, I remember when the internet 
you, you would have internet friends and that'd be kind of like, you know, embarrassing to tell people you have internet friends, <laughs> but now it's like normal, right? It's just like, it is what it is. Cause you, you talk to people like you and I don't live anywhere near each other, but you know, we've had interactions. We're friendly, obviously we're friends. So it, it, it's fun. You know, it's fun having, like I said, you can talk about the black and Abdallah hive. There's so many people like Greg Braggs, brother <laughs> Nick, uh, Palazzola. Yeah. Uh, Obviously him, obviously Gustavo, he's a, he's a regular black, uh, uh, you know, listen to Black and Abdallah, listener. and in general, we all listen to ESPN 1000 all day uh, overall. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's been fun, you know, getting to know people and really interacting with people. We always joke around with each other on there. No one takes things too seriously. Well, most, some of, some people don't take things too seriously. There's others that get angry about, like, I always find it funny when people get overly angry about sports conversations and take get really offended and take things personal. It's like, relax, man. It's not that serious. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I definitely wanted to touch on the NBA first because I know that's, like you said, you're a big NBA guy. You cover the Bulls. So curious, uh, how have you been liking the playoff bubble so far? You know, I, I had doubts in general with sports coming back with the, the pandemic, how it was going to play out. But the NBA and the NHL bubbles have been great because there's been no – no issues really you know the bubble is working you're right there's no doubt that they're going to finish this thing for both leagues but from the nba perspective what's been your thoughts whether just the bubble watching it in august watch in september and how it's been playing out yeah so i was with you i i was surprised sports were coming back and to be honest i thought once these leagues started up again that they would cancel um granted the leagues like the mlb were looking like they might cancel because they just you know, handled it so poorly. And I think maybe they're finally, you know, have it under control right now. But yeah, the NBA, they, and the NHL too, for that matter, they handled it the best. Uh, they created, like I said, that bubble they created and um, t- regular testing, regular, uh, you know, follow through, follow ups. And yeah, it's been a blast. Like a lot of these games, I've been surprised how competitive they've been. And I guess you, you know, there was always that element of, you know, people had conversations with that when you take away home court advantage and it's just, you know, neutral playgrounds, you're kind of seeing more so just the talent become the talent as opposed to, you know, crowd players, maybe like uh, players being you know, distracted by the crowd or being more comfortable. Uh, not having that home court f- feel, so that's why a team like Milwaukee Bucks, for example, you know, they, them them losing home court was probably some a lot, a lot of people said would potentially be the a big factor because uh, they don't have you know they relied on their home court a lot this year. And granted, they were a good team on the road too, but they had a big home court uh, advantage factor going for them, and then they lose that, and it's kind of like you kind of saw what happened in a sense. It was not, and obviously it wasn't exactly because of that because Miami did match up really well with them, uh, even in the regular season where the way they defended uh, Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. So, yeah, but yeah, the, the overall, the playoffs have been, you know, very fun. Um, I think some of these games now are getting a little, are like this lakers Rockets series wasn't that good. It was just... People were expecting a little better, but it ended in five, and it wasn't very competitive. But now, you know, people are looking forward to the Lakers, Clippers, uh, Miami, and Boston should be a fun series. I think that could go six and seven. And then, yeah, the finals should be 
uh, interesting to see how it ends up. I'm, I originally had the, the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals, uh, but I'm thinking now, just the way everything's kind of breaking down, it's probably, it might end up being uh, Lakers and Celtics, which is one of the oldest rivalry, well, you know, rivalries in, uh, in basketball. So we'll see. I'm hoping it's going to be Miami and Clippers, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm thinking it's going to shake out like the Lakers versus Celtics. Yeah, Lakers-Celtics, I mean, as you mentioned, it's an old rivalry. And I remember just the, the, you know, what, a decade ago when we had Kobe and the Lakers going up against the Celtics. And I remember flashbacks they were showing. Maybe it was like ESPN or ESPN Classic back in, like, what, the 80s and stuff. So definitely would be interesting to see how that plays out. Who would you take between if it was L.A. and Boston? Honestly, man, it's looking like L.A. is going to go and take it all at at this point. They have been... You know, I always say like team LeBron teams, you never look too much into them in the regular season. Uh, it it doesn't matter how bad or you know whatever they look, that, you know out of focus they look. That just happens every year. People are always like, oh, they they've lost six in a row and then boom, end up in the final. <laughs> like you blink your eyes and they're in the finals. So it's like it's just like it's just what it is with with him. It's he's he's such a great player. You know, I, you know, uh, I, I, st- I think he's the second greatest all time, but still he's, he's, you know, he is who he is and he finds a way to get his teams once they're in the playoffs. Um, he's still the best player in the world. He shows it, proves that he's the best playoff performing, performer in the world. Um, so yeah, that's, it's not surprising when, when the Lakers are LeBron teams, I should say in the end, end up in the finals it's not anymore you mentioned you thought LeBron was like a second best player obviously you would say Michael was the first so real fast that reminds me well how was I mean it wasn't the last dance awesome oh that was fantastic like we had we it kind of brought back it, it, it was a weird timing right it was kind of a situation where everyone was sports deprived um and you know the we were all in a very like depressing rut because the pandemic everything's going on we're all kind of stuck at home um and then those last dance happens everything hits right and obviously the ratings were fantastic and i think a lot of it had to do not a lot but some of it had to do with the you know the current situation with the being a pandemic and everything just kind of hitting right and yeah it was it was uh it was phenomenal it was great watching it was like countdown every every week i would have a countdown <laughs> to the next episode because i just couldn't wait uh to you know watch this stuff and i haven't rewatched it again but i'm i'm sure i will again soon uh just to see you know catch up uh see anything i may have missed the first go around because sometimes it just happens i tend to be i tend to be like that i, I, I when i'm watching anything i i tend to get I tend to get like ADHD, I feel like, and I'm always like fiddling around with different things. And yeah, yeah. So like I, I always try to watch things sometimes a uh, second time through just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, I think it was back, you know, the last month or two or maybe even back in what, June. I remember they were showing some of them on like Saturdays, like on what, ABC or ESPN. So I was watching a little bit over again. It's just fun to watch. Definitely an awesome documentary. So that brings me to the current state of the Bulls. I know we don't we haven't had an off season or anything like that yet, and it's probably too early to even say. But uh, do you feel like this Bulls team now that they've 
brought in the new regime and new head coach, whoever that'll be, will be coming in sooner than later. Um, obviously, we don't know what the roster will quite look like, but do you think that the Bulls should at least be, I won't say, you know, even a playoff contender, but maybe in that eight seed, you know, top 10 in the East? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like it's too early. Um, I, I, I still... There maybe they could maybe be a borderline playoff team. I think I guess it depends on again the coach they hire, which I think the coach they bring in will be just fine. Um, it's all about developing the players that they currently have, and I mean I can maybe see them winning like thirty five, maybe thirty seven games next season as constructed. Uh, but again, it, they could still add in free agency. Uh, I know uh, Arturis Kronishev is the new uh, Bulls executive vice president. He talked about adding players in free agency. So it depends on who they add. I mean, they don't have a much cap, so it'll be interesting how they manage. They have the, the full mid-level exception, which is about like $9 million. So we'll see who they're able to add. It'll be a, it'll be a, a role player. It's not going to be anyone like a big star or anything. So the role players are always like not the biggest needle movers, but, you know, guys that can really still help make you, you know, a better team in, in certain ways. But the big factor is always the guys like Zach Levine, Kobe White, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Larry Markinen. Those guys are the ones that you need to see it take a jump to really see this Bulls team move forward and take a jump. So it'll be those are going to be the key in, uh, parts as far as, how much better this bull team becomes is the development of those guys that I mentioned. So, but yeah, I think maybe borderline playoffs. It's hard to really say though, for sure. Uh, so do you have a, a next coach in mind? I know Billy Donovan's out there now and now it, I know this won't be the case. I don't think, but I just saw just before we started recording that, uh, Mike D'Antoni is going to be leaving yeah. Houston, so I don't think he's going to Chicago. I mean, who knows? I doubt it. But do you think Billy Donovan might be in play? Yo, so both the both those names is funny. You meant Mike D'Antoni and Billy Donovan. So he, both of those coaches are are like win now coaches, right? Um, and I would take either one of them. They have I know people will you know get mad about the whole rethread stuff, but it's they're still good coaches and they've lost because they just haven't been on the best team. It's not been because they weren't good managers or coaches, if you will. Sorry, not managers and NBA's coaches, but it just, it just how it breaks down sometimes. And with them, it's the key thing is trying to convince them that, you know, the bulls are much are ahead. They're going to be in the playoffs next year. Not, they're not going to be, um, you know, rebuilding situations. So, so that's probably the biggest hurdle for guys like them um, probably be hard. I hope I would hope that I, I know there was report uh, uh, by Woj uh, that he was going that the Bulls were going to reach out to Billy Donovan to talk to him because they did have interest. But like I said, it's going to be convincing them that convincing him. Yeah, look, we're not going in for a long rebuild here. So we're going to try to make moves to be competitive. Um, and we have plans as far as how we're going to continue to keep building his team. But We'll see. We'll see. I still don't know how this roster is really going to shake out, to be honest with you. Overall, I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, developing players, but in general, there's guys on this team that you, you question if they're long-term fits. Um, you know, when you, when you get rid of a front office and, and guys like Gar 
and Pax, uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson, um, you obviously, when you fire them, you don't expect the new front office to just take off from where they left off, right? Because obviously they weren't good at their job, so why would you keep doing what they're doing? Um, and in general, uh, building in today's league, John Paxson and Gar Foreman, you know, building around two bigs, that's what they're essentially their goal was with Wendell Carter Jr. and Larry Markinen. And having bigs is fine, but when, in today's league, you don't really want to build, really build around those guys unless they're like an elite player like uh, Nikola Jokic or and Joel Embiid in Philly. Like those guys are elite bigs, right? They're stars. So yeah, it's, it's easier to build around guys like that. But when you don't have bigs that are that good, it doesn't really make sense. So I expect a lot of roster turnover too, to be honest, in the next two years. So I'm thinking the coach that they bring in is going to be somebody that's more looking for a new, you know, opportunity, like their first opportunity as a head coach. Uh, there are some good names out there in that regards too. That guy's like Darvin Ham. Uh, he's the assistant coach in Milwaukee currently, but he has a lot of experience come in the league. He used to play in the league, and then he has experience as far as being an assistant. He was also an, actually a head coach in uh, the D-League. Now, now it's called the G-League, but back then it was called the D-League, and he was a head coach in there. It was, uh, I believe, the New Mexico Thunderbirds, so he, he was a head coach there, so he's come up. He's, he's worked his way up into being you know, the head assistant in Milwaukee right now. The other guy, the Bulls uh, have had interest in another same side of situation. He's worked his way up from like being a video coordinator to eventually being a you know high level assistant in Miami, and he also has experience in the D League. His name is Dan Craig, uh, James Bond name, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's an interesting one too, just especially with Miami Heat. They have a lot of great reputation around the league, uh, like the whole Heat culture. You know, if you will, uh, I'm sure you've heard those words, but it's, but it's, yeah, it's a very, you know, he's someone that, you know, highly thought of and he's definitely other teams are trying to, you know, interview him and try to get him too. And there's other names like M.A. Odoka, uh, Adrian Griffin, um, Becky Hammond. I would hope they would give Becky Hammond an interview because I feel like she has a lot of potential to be a great coach as well. But yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be more so one of these coaches that are assistants currently, like head assistants, if you will, uh, that haven't had an opportunity to be a head coach yet. Yeah. I was curious, uh, in a normal season when there's fans, how many games do you typically get to a year? Typically, so last year I, last year I, was, um, I was kind of on a strike because I was tired of Garn packs. I'm like, you know what? I'm not helping them, and I, I'm not helping them with their attendance. I just, I was just pissed off, so I didn't want to go in any games. But normally, I try to go to like, you know, three or four, you know, as many as I can. But it's usually about three or four games a year that I go to, and it's fun. Like, you know, I, lo I love going to the games. It's uh, the Bulls are are definitely a different experience live as opposed to on TV. Um, especially their the things that they do internally with trying to entertain fans. It's like a, it's like a whole experience that you. It's always fun to kind of you know see live as opposed to just uh, going to just watching it on TV. Yeah, I can only imagine. I've never been to an NBA game, but 
I mean, I can only imagine. Just I remember watching the Bulls as a kid with Jordan and them, and it was just like, man, it'd be cool to be there in person. So I can only imagine. But I wanted to shift to the NFL. So obviously it's the opening first Sunday. We've already had a game in the books with the Chiefs over the Texans on Thursday. But I know you said you were running errands earlier. Have you been able to watch any of the Bears so far? I have a little bit. Um, I don't think uh, I'm surprised that the score currently looks like it's uh, – 13 to 6. It looks about the same. Mitch doesn't look too good. He's he's typical Mitch Trubisky, which I think I'm going to start calling him Mess Trubisky. <laughs> he is who he is, man. I mean, like, even and, and the funny thing is when you know we're we're saying we should start we should start Nick Foles, but Nick Foles is I mean, he had that, I feel like that that whole situation with him winning the Super Bowl was kind of just lightning in a bottle. Uh, I don't think that's something we should definitely expect him to do again. I think he's just also another mediocre quarterback who's, sadly, he's never had really a full season in the league. I mean, I think, I can't remember the last time he did. And he, I think he has started a full season, but it's been a long time. Uh, and we're just sitting here with, I was like, I called in that one last time on, on Black and Abdallah during the baseball show, talking about, talking about the bears. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was, you know, I, I said the same thing. It's like Groundhog's Day with this bears team. I, I feel like you, every year you go in when we're competitive, we have a great defense, you know, nice running game and the quarterback stinks. It's just like, we're always frustrated with the quarterback. Uh, you know, I was a big Jay Cutler guy, but it was the same situation when he was he was here. Uh, we had a good defense, and it was just like, come on, Jay, just you're so talented, put it together, man. And just he could never do it. And honestly, Jay is better than Mitch, but but still, it was the same situation. He was still maddening. He would he would make great plays. He would like even Black and Abdallah talked about. You know, Mitch would make you know signature. He would have signature game game winning like where he carried the team, but then he would also have games where he just absolutely destroyed the team because of the terrible passes, terrible decisions he made. But yeah, it's, it, that's what, that's just, that's just the history of the bears and it's frustrating. And I'm just, I'm at a point where it's like, eh, that's why today when I was like, I, with the first game of the season, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'll probably miss part of the first quarter, whatever. You know, I wasn't even that like, you know, like anxious to watch the game because I just knew it was like I'm watching the score right now. And it's funny, people like fans, Bears fans are all confident that we're just going to come in and beat the Lions because we always beat the Lions. And hey, man, you like you guys get too overconfidence with this team. I don't know why. Why do you feel like that, that you feel that you should be, you know, favored against every team or whatever? But yeah, I'm just, I'm just, we'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to have to convince me that they're better than they actually are. I'm expecting maybe seven to nine wins, depending on how things break down. Uh, maybe they, you know, get one of those wild card spots if they get nine wins and we'll see what happens. But at, the, at, at this point, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything like a Super Bowl run or anything like that. That, that would be like a pie in the sky dream right now. So the schedule is kind of tough, too. I mean, you have the Lions today, which looks like a loss right now. They're down 20-6. to six. You got the Giants, which might be a win. You got the Falcons. Who knows with the Falcons? But then after that, it's Colts, Bucks, Panthers, Rams, and so on. Saints. So it's a tough schedule. So it's like you kind of have to win these three games. I know Black and Abdallah, I think they had a winning the first three games or something like that. And uh, 
I can't watch the game, obviously, here in Virginia, so I was just looking at the score, and, you know, it was the same thing as far as six points at halftime, so it's like, obviously, the offense isn't doing anything. Trubisky was 8 of 20 for 110, so, I mean, a couple of, it looks like he had a couple of good plays here or there, but, obviously, six points isn't going to do it, and now they're down 20 to 6, so they got to score here. You know, and then you throw in the fact that there's no preseason, so there's already going to be rust, there's already going to be bad football anyway, and that happens because even with preseason, a lot of guys don't play Naki wouldn't play his guys anyway and I think he was going to this year but then there was no preseason anyway so that doesn't help things I'm sure but yeah we'll see if they can find lightning in a bottle in the second half would you if, if, if it was you now obviously I can't really say because I haven't been able to been able to watch but would you put Foles in right now if you could I would just to change it up I mean like I said I'm not I'm not expecting like anything big but maybe there's some of the passes downfield that Mitch tend to not be able to make maybe folds does and maybe because folds is like a lot better at reading defenses um than mitch is as far as you know the quickness of this progressions maybe he does a little better than you know mitch and and we're able to you know score more a little more points and put a little more pressure on the opposing team's defense as opposed to what we currently do so and, and, you know, people are going to talk about, well, this is only the first game of the season. and it's But it's like I said, it's Groundhog's Day. This is year four for Mitch. No excuses. I don't care if it's a first game. I don't care that there's no preseason. Look at Matthew Stafford. He didn't have a preseason either, but he's a damn good He's a good quarterback. And that's why he's coming out here. And against a good Bears defense, he's taking care of business. So I don't want to hear an excuse that, oh, well, this is only game one. And we'll see what happens for the rest of the game. Maybe Mitch gets it together. But at this point, it's, just, it's not an excuse. I don't want to hear any, you know, I don't want to, I'm going to hear ESPN 1000 on uh, tomorrow morning. Mitch Truthers calling in. Oh, it's only first game, Cat guys. A uh, Cap, Waddle, uh, Sylvie, Black, Abdallah. A uh, Carm, it's only the first game. You know, we, we need to see what happens next game. Give him some time. It's only been four years. I mean, what, what more time do you need? Like, at some point, you need to start realizing this guy has who he is. He's, at best, a, a, a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. Quarterback. He will have it. He will. No, exactly. If that, he will have his good games. All quarterbacks do. You look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has his, you know, Fitzmagic games where he's just like goes crazy and but then he reverts back to who he normally is where he throws away the ball makes bad decisions same way with Mitch I, I I have no doubt that if Mitch starts all 16 games he will have games where he's good but it's not about being good here and there as a starting NFL quarterback you have to go out there consistently lead your team uh and, and you know lead them to wins it's not that's the difference between good quarterbacks where team teams win with you or in spite of you or you're the reason that you're continuously taking these teams to win and that's that's when you see these franchise quarterbacks that do that consistently you know i made the joke so the white Sox, your white Sox, beat the tigers 14 zip last night and i was like Will Trubisky at least match the offensive output that the White Sox had on the Tigers? Yeah, so so did I. You you and I were on the same page on that one. We we were uh, you know great minds think alike. I was like I I, I tagged uh, Abdallah and Black. I don't think they saw it, but you know I was like, will will the Bears outscore the Sox? Because Sox put up you know essentially two touchdowns yesterday. 
It's not looking like it so far. So far, they only got six points. So, so we'll we'll see how how the rest of the game goes. But yeah, we're we're uh, we're looking at it. Like I said, Groundhog's Day right now. I tweeted the same thing at them, and also Fred Hubner and Hubner did like that tweet. <laughs> Shifting to the White Sox, your Sox are looking like a playoff team right now. I'm looking at the standings right now. Yeah, they're in first place. They should be in, and we have the expanded playoffs anyway. But even without that, I think. In a 60-game season, they're looking very strong. I, I was joking with Carmen about this, also a White Sox fan. I was like, you know, I know that Sox fans hate the any comparison to the Cubs whatsoever, but, I, you know, going into the season, and as a Cubs fan, going into the season, I couldn't help but notice the White Sox vibe. The, the potential, obviously, was through the roof with this team. They're entering their contending window, and it reminded me of going into the season, the 15 Cubs, and it's playing out similar to that, at least in terms of a playoff-type team. So... May not be a team that wins it all right now, but you've got to be excited, obviously, with your Sox. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I actually agree with you on the Cubs comparison. And when the Cubs started their run in 2015, obviously that was the first year they became a playoff team again. They won the wild card in, in the NL. But I, they are comparable, I feel like, both teams. When you look at them, obviously the young group of guys, guys like, you know, uh, Schwarber, uh, Bryant, Rizzo, Javi, whoever at the time, you know, was there. Uh, Soler, obviously, at the time was there. But when you look at the young group of players, they're similar to as far as, you know, the, the looks like with the Sox, uh, with obviously with Robert, uh, Jimenez, Moncada, obviously the older guys, Abreu, um, and you guys had David Ross, but obviously I think Abreu was obviously a better player than David Ross. But then, yeah, they brought in a guy like uh, Dallas Keuchel and the Cubs had John Lester, you know, Cy Young and, you know, experienced Cy Young World Series pitchers. Yeah, they, they, you know, they made a good free agent signings. The Sox signed uh, Ismani Grandal, Cubs signed Jason Hayward, you know, just basically – Similar situations and Renteria, the manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Renteria, yeah, Renteria. Um, it's it, that'll be the only difference I think we'll see. I mean, Renteria is, I guess he's kind of earned another opportunity just because the he's the Sox are playing well. But sometimes you wonder if they're winning in spite of him because there's sometimes decisions that he makes is kind of weird. But I mean, I I feel like. Fans would nitpick any manager, even if we had like obviously he's not not that he's available, but like let's say if we had Joe Girardi, I feel like fans would probably nitpick what he does too. But yeah, like I said, there there are definitely issues with with Renteria. Some of the things he does, I feel like like for example, yesterday we had Robert. Uh, now granted, Ray, Ronaldo Lopez has not been very good this year, but yesterday he was play, pitching really well. So. Why not continue to ride him, especially when you have like a 14-run lead? Or at the time, it was a 10-run lead, but it was a big lead. So keep going to him instead of going back to your bullpen and, and con- continue to task them and, and, you know, use their arms, con- ride him a little longer, maybe two more, one or two more innings, and then you can go to your bullpen. Uh, even if he gives up three, four runs, whatever, you know, it's, you have that big cushion. Uh, so that's kind of a decision that he went to his bullpen earlier, like after five innings, I think it was yesterday. And it's just like, dude, why didn't you use him for like another inning or two? Go with seven innings. Like it's not going to 
it's not going to be the end of the world, when, especially in a situation we have such a big lead. But yeah, it's, it's, it's little decisions like that where you wonder. And, and granted, the front office, you know, didn't do the best job either of getting starting pitching. I know, like I said, they signed Dallas Keiko, but we had a lot of question marks because coming into the season, we were expecting to, to have guys like Rodon, uh, Lopez, Cease, be, you know, one of those guys that are not very, they're not guys that you can rely on necessarily because of injuries or, you know, just inconsistency or whatever. You're expecting them to be, you know, your three, four, and five starter. So, you know, that's, that's a little unfair to your manager as well in that sense because you're not going to give them the horses. What's he going to do? He knows he has two guys you can rely on, Giolito and Keiko, and then after that, it's, you know, it's a crapshoot. And I think Dane Dunning's kind of shown that he's probably going to be a third starter now. Uh, he's been pretty good. Um, I think they brought up Jonathan Stever today. He is pitching. He's one of their top prospect pitching prospects. I think he was, like, ranked fifth in their farm team. So he'll be interesting there, obviously. Uh, they're going to have to figure it out here as far as who they can, you know, fit into their fourth or fifth guy, and obviously they have to do bullpen days, and that, again, hurts your bullpen. And then in the offseason, I, I get, I'm sorry, in the offseason, the trade deadline, you know, I get not trading for a starting pitcher because you don't want to give up, like, a big, low, huge, the farm for, you know, maybe a half a year rental. But I feel like they could have given up, like, end of, like, maybe, like, a 30, 31 ranked prospect, to, you know, for the bullpen to at least give a little you know, depth in that sense. But it is what it is. You know, you go into a season that I don't, I do wonder if they have enough pitching to really make a long playoff run, but I'm just excited to just to get, have them get that experience and that postseason experience. It should be, I feel like should be valuable in itself. Yeah, going back to last night real fast, I saw that Lopez threw 75 pitches, and I guess they were thinking, whatever, we'll save him, although I know Lopez has had his issues, so, you know, you could maybe save the bullpen a little bit, but anyway, and then they had McGregor two innings, so interesting, but, you know, I, I actually had Carmen DeFalco on uh, right after the Giolito no-hitter, and I asked him his thoughts about about Renneria, and he was still on the fence as well, he was like, I, and I was like, would you, do you think he's going to be the guy in this window, or you think they're going to go in a different direction at some point? He just wasn't sure. He wasn't ready to commit to Renneria just yet. Kind of for the same thing that you mentioned, all the different head-scratching type of moves. I do want to say one more thing about uh, the Sox managing situation. I, the other thing I worry about, they're not going to go, I, I worry, they're not going to go and go get the Joe Madden type, I feel like, either. I, I, I question if they would go and hire a proven World Series manager because that'll cost a lot of money, I feel like. So I don't know if they would do that either. So that's what I'm nervous about too. If they let go of Renteria, not that they shouldn't, if if you know if he isn't the guy, I feel like they'll go get another unproven guy. And the last guy they did that with was Robin Ventura. Now he was a great player for the Sox organization, but he just was a terrible. He was worse than Renteria. So I mean, it's it's just one of those situations with the Sox and ownership. It's like, will they spend? here and that's the that's going to be the key for them in the next two three years because right now the payroll overall and granted the manager doesn't affect the payroll but with the with the roster in general the payroll is below league average so you have a lot of ability like you can go, like let's say in this offseason you can go add a guy like bauer 
uh, into your rotation. That's, that's holy cow. You add Bauer, you already have Giolito, uh, Keichel. You add Bauer, who's another guy who's essentially like an ace that you, you add in, and then you have all these, some of these, one of, one of these young pitchers that you kind of have in your system or, or on the team and Cease Dunning, and then obviously they'll have Kopech coming back. One of those guys can be your fifth starter, and then maybe you even go six starters if, if, if you really hit on, on, on these, one of these guys, if you're really lucky enough to hit on more than one of your young pitchers that really look good. If you have six starters, it doesn't hurt. That, that could help, actually, because that can help you save you know, have more rest days for some of these guys. But obviously that's down the line, but that's going to be the factor for me with this, this Sox team if they're going to spend the money when it needs to to actually win because you're not going to win without spending money. And, you know, talking about Bauer, he's such a perfect uh, free agent because he only takes one-year deals. So it's he's, he's begging teams to say, hey, give me a shot for a year. I mean, how many times is it the opposite where the guy wants the long-term deal, the max money? So Cubs Twitter hates Bauer for their own reasons. I'm like, you know what? The dude can pitch. And, yeah, he's a weird guy and all that. And I know he's got he's done some things, said some things. But, you yeah, know, yeah. they would be stupid not to at least look at it from the baseball perspective of things. So I'm with you on there for the Sox, too. But, uh, like I said, one-year deal, he pitches well. But Yeah, and then you thought other guys like Stroman, too. You know, you can go look if you want to tie someone up. But yeah, I mean, and, and funny, Bauer would be perfect because Jerry Reinsworth hates signing pitchers long term, anyways. So if you can sign him for a one year deal, yeah, I think I think that would be perfect with the manager. So obviously, I mean, Renneria, at least from his team being in first place, is having a good year from that side of things. But I was just thinking, you know, trying to think of managers who could be available, World Series managers. And the guy that came to mind was Keuchel's former manager in Houston. AJ Hinch. Now, obviously, he comes with uh, with uh, controversy with the Astros cheating scandal and all that. But yeah, would you, baggage, would you, yeah. if you could get, if you were, you know, if the White Sox were to say, all right, we're going in, in a different direction at some point, whether it's next year or whatever, would you bring in a guy like that who comes in with that baggage? But he, he won. But you know, or is it just kind of like he's shady? I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather win with guys that are that were honest. At least you know didn't get into some kind of controversy or scandal. Yeah, you know, he, he got suspended for a year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, to me, I I would like to stay away. I don't know, but the thing with that is too, like. Yeah, obviously he uses the excuse that, you know, he tried to stop it. But in the end, it's like, dude, you're the manager. <laughs> like, if you wanted to stop it, you could have stopped it. He looked bad um, in that, that whole thing. Yeah, he was kind of just throwing yeah. his team under the bus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, to me, it's just like, you know, I, I want a better manager. But I don't know. It's, it's a tough question. It's hard for me to say 100%. I would say no. But at the same time, I mean, he's proven before that, too, that he was... He's a pretty good manager before the situation. So I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's, I, w- I probably lean towards no, but yeah, I, I, it's hard to really 100% be like, you know, oh, I will fair. actually refuse. Like, I'm not like, you know, with the, like probably if you had like Dave, uh, you know, Cap, he would probably 100% be like, no way, get that guy away from me. I, I can't, I can't. It's hard for me to be in this situation, uh, be, be so committed one way or the other. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I was joking with you. I was going to bring up, and you kind of already alluded to it when you called in to the baseball show because you're trying to get your Bears thoughts. In. And you were you were nice. You were like, I can I call, should I call in? I have Bears thoughts, not baseball. And you're like, yeah, call in. It's fun. I like Black and Abdallah. You know, they're very uh, – I love how interactive they are with everyone, all the fans and people to listen to. Like, they don't have to. He, his mentions are probably a freaking nightmare half the time, I'm sure. But he responds and, you know, responds to even the people that like him and – people that, you know, crap on them. Uh, I, like, I, I imagine how much thick skin those guys have, man. Like, I can't, I can't imagine, like, the constant, like, crap they hear from people sometimes. I, I would be just, like, I would be on mute and blocking people if I were them, but they don't. For, for all, the, all the crap they probably get, they, they don't block and mute people. I mean, Abdallah's blocked some people, but not anything related to like sports related stuff it's just some like other serious stuff that I don't I don't blame him from blocking people for but yeah but it's like it's just one of those things like you know I have a lot of respect for those guys for them to be where they are now from where they started you know that's it's not easy for them to how they've gotten where they are uh, obviously I don't I don't know the intricacies of sports media but I know how competitive it is and for them to be where they are now it's it's really cool and knowing that I've I, I wasn't listening from the beginning, but I was listening for a long time, right? Um, I know a guy, guy like Gustavo, he's been one of the OG guys from, like, from the beginning, like in Abdallah show. He, on the weekends, he was there from the beginning. But I, I've been listening probably about the last seven to eight years, I want to say. Yeah, they've been, they've been uh, yeah, they're one of my favorites on there for sure. And I always, I always say, man, I think they're going to be the new Carm and, and Sylvie of that station eventually. Yeah, I, uh, I I got into listening to them, to them randomly a few years ago and obviously haven't looked back. You know, it's funny you mentioned that the Twitter notifications. I, I, I feel I feel bad for them sometimes because I'm like, oh, I'm like killing them on in Twitter, like just tweeting at them, but love the interaction and they're good sports about it in general, so. Definitely. Black especially. Black always like responds or likes your tweet at least. Like if you can't reply, you at least will like it for the most part. And yeah, they're yeah, both of them are awesome. That they're like they they make they make it enjoyable as far as there's they're not they don't just put on a regular, you know, bland just talking show. They actually do a lot of fun stuff and you know, they try to have cool guests and and like I said, the fan interaction is fun and it's Black's new thing. He hasn't done it in a while now, but he would tweet me with Levine or whatever. <laughs> Zach Levine or or this guy. He hasn't tweeted and asked me that in, in a couple of weeks. So I'm hopefully, hopefully uh, he, he's done with that, roasting me on that one. I remember uh, usually I'm the one adding them, but he actually added me randomly because I was, I was tweeting out about the show Dave randomly, like a, a thing that's nothing to do with sports. But I was uh, like, are you guys watching this show? And Abdallah was, and then Black tweeted at me, and he was like, well, and Abdallah were right. This is a great show or something like that. I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. I tweeted at them. They were doing hockey stuff, and I said something, and he kind of gave me a cool shout-out. He was like, you know, Will covers the Blue Jackets, and he knows hockey. Give him a follow. I was like, oh, dude, thanks for the shout-out. That was cool. Yeah, definitely appreciate their support and their interaction. They've been great, and everybody at the station has been awesome. No, I, I, yeah, I love every one of them. It's, 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 a fun, it's a fun group, the whole from morning to, to evening. Uh, it's a fun group. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, Salim, uh, we're just about out of time, but go ahead again and plug all of your stuff, podcast, Twitter, whatever you got. Go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. All right. So you can follow me personally at Jordan Dynasty. You can follow my co-host at Edward Schuler Jr. Then we have a Twitter account for our podcast is Bulls Gold. Uh, it's just that Bulls Gold. And you can listen to our show on all podcast providers, like the main ones. And then we also air um, on Dash Radio. It's a digital online radio station uh, on the Nothing But Net radio channel on Tuesday mornings from uh, 8 a.m. Central, essentially. Uh, every Tuesday morning, we our show airs on that. And yeah, look out for our next episode. It's with Stacey King. It was a really fun one. It should drop in the next either tonight or tomorrow night. So yeah, all that above, you know, please, if you can listen, follow, rate us a five on Apple, all of the above, that would be really appreciated. And uh, yeah, if you guys are listening, rate Will Will a five too. He does a great podcast as well here. So if you guys are listening, uh, Cutting to the Chase, uh, subscribe and rate them a five as well. Appreciate that, Salim. It was awesome talking with you and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Sounds good, bro. That was my guy, Salim. Be sure to check out his podcast, Bulls Gold. I'll be having a few more podcasts coming up this weekend. Gustavo, who we were talking about earlier, and Casey Bogaslaw, awesome and knowledgeable sports fans, good Twitter follows. You can catch the Cutting to the Chase podcast across Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're now on TuneIn, so be sure to check it out wherever you get your podcasts, and I will catch you later. Thank you.